Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. I am your host, as usual, Brig, but unlike the way we usually do it, Brad is not going to be with us today. He is severely under the weather, has been for weeks now, and instead of playing hurt, we took a scratch. So, he is going to be sitting this one out, but I have brought in another special guest, and I'm really excited to introduce you to, and I will do that as soon as I get done with some of these current events, which really just amounts to, how is it possible that Justin Verlander won the Cy Young Award over Garrett Cole? Nobody gets it. We're all confused. Good for Justin Verlander, but what exactly, what exactly is going on, and I personally, I'm just really surprised that Aaron Boone didn't win AL manager of the year. Um, I'm surprised Dave Martinez wasn't even in the running for the national league manager of the year. The guy had a heart condition in the middle of the season and was told to sit on the bench. There's a lot of stuff that's going down, a lot of stuff happening. And, uh, Bellinger won the, the, uh, national league MVP. Oh my gosh. It's craziness. It's craziness. I think we're all just excited though for polar bear Pete Alonzo. So, I'm going to go ahead and say that covers most of our current current events for this week. Other than the thing we're all wanting to talk about, which is why I kind of rifled through that first bit, okay? This week, we're going to get into Spygate. It's what people are calling it, Spygate. And if they're not calling it that, they should be. Which is a perfect introduction to uh, my famous guest host today is Tim Jensen. <laughs> famous, yep. <laughs> you are famous. Well, thanks, man. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> just speaking the truth here. <laughs> Tim, hello, everyone. Now, the reason, <laughs> the reason I brought Tim in on this not only is because Brad is sick, which is terrible, but also because Tim is an authority on all things philosophical, at <laughs> least in my life. Again, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I feel welcome. like I need to come on the show more often, man. Boost my ego here. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would be really wise of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so uh, Tim and I, just a little background, we've known each other for years now, and we both consider ourselves uh, armchair philosophers, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, Tim far more than me. Tim has a master's degree and in, in, in international relations and, and theology, f- 
from yeah. George Washington. Yeah. And we discuss ethics and morals and philosophy at length all the time. And so I thought he'd be a perfect one to bring in as we unravel this complex cheating accusation. And I don't even know if accusation is the proper term because when players from that former team come out and say, yeah, this is what we were doing, we were cheating, I think it takes accusation to a whole new level. So, Tim, a little bit of background for you, okay? Yeah, please. Yeah, oh, here's another thing about Tim. <laughs> He's not a huge baseball guy, okay? Yeah. Not huge. You'll admit that freely? Well, I, I enjoy watching. I did, I'll admit, I watched every game of the World Series this year, uh, but that is the extent of my baseball watching for this entire year. So, that kind of probably tells you right where I am. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is what I appreciate so much about you because we're going to have this discussion and you're going to bring a completely unbiased third-party opinion into the narrative, okay? All right. And I'm going to do my best to represent both sides of it, but I think everybody listening kind of knows where I fall on these issues. <laughs> so, um, But I want to bat this idea back and forth a little bit with you. So okay. here's what happened. A pitcher, Mike Fears and three other teammates from the 2017 National Championship Houston Astros. Okay. This week came out and said, we were cheating, basically. He said, what, and this is what they were doing. They were using a camera strategically located all the way back on the wall in center field to transmit high-speed camera footage to a television not inside the dugout, but just down the, the hallway that leads to the clubhouse from the dugout across, you know, mounted on a wall. The camera feeded directly to that to that television set, and they would sit there, watch the game, and the, the camera was trained on the catcher's signaling. Okay. So, you know, the catcher sits down there, and he throws his fingers around. and Yeah, but I, I can see that when I'm watching them anyways. What do they need another camera for? What... Okay, perfect, right? You can see them because the the cameras that we get as fans are in the same spot. Oh, but I mean in the dugout or in the clubhouse, they can't turn on the game on the regular channel, or is that against the rules? That's against the rules. Ah, got you. Because it's of against that. the because rules, they to have can a... see the catcher's signs. Right. Ah, exactly. Got you. So what they're doing is they're stealing signs. Okay. Now. We'll get into this a little bit. Sign stealing has been around forever, but let me finish telling you exactly what yeah. they were doing. Okay. They have a guy sitting on a massage table across the hallway from the television mounted to the wall, and when they have a reasonable assumption or reasonable expectation that the pitcher just got a signal to throw an off-speed pitch like a changeup or you know something like that, a curveball, breaking ball, slider, then they would bang loudly <laughs> and signal into the dugout to bang loudly on a trash can like a big plastic trash can so that the batter would hear With, the banging correct ah okay all right the batter would the batter would was then communicated the uh, you know the assum assumed signal and oh, was yeah. able to take advantage of that okay. one way or the other right that's that's the the idea now this is the major league baseball rule 
It says Major League Baseball regulations prohibit the use of electronic equipment during games and state that no such equipment may be used for the purpose of stealing signs or conveying information designed to give the club an advantage. Okay. Now that's what Rob Manfred said Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, said in twenty seventeen. Okay. Okay. So my question to you is, based on that information, do you think they were using electronic means to steal a sign? So you're okay. So you're telling me they put a camera in the in, in the back of the field that was hyper focused on the actual catcher and the catcher's signs, and then they were using Correct. that to relay the information to the batter at the plate, almost instantaneously, to try to give that batter an advantage in in his up at bat. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yes. And so your question is, do I think that they were using technology to cheat? Because it, I mean, it sounds straight up that that's exactly what they were doing. My question, right. though, is not having played baseball myself. What kind of an advantage does knowing the type of pitch that's coming down the plate give you with them throwing at speeds that they're throwing? Is it significant? Well, like genuinely, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. Yes. No, that's a great question, because. Because speed is everything. So if you know, everybody does their homework on what the pitcher can throw. Right. So every guy coming to the plate, regardless of what pitcher, who is, who's pitching, they all know, okay, this guy throws, his fastballs are in this speed range, his curveballs are, they move this quickly, and he's going to put them in these spots. These are These are his likely locations. And because it takes, like, milliseconds to make a decision – they have to start swinging the baseball bat before it even leaves the pitcher's hand sometimes. Right, right. I see them winding up as he's as the pitcher's winding up at the same time. Correct. So so for that reason, having any foreknowledge as to where the ball is going to be placed and at what speed it's coming is is critical. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then it sounds like a pretty cut and dry instance of cheating. Right, I mean, if if it yeah, if it does give think. you that advantage, then it sounds like it would be cheating to me. But that's that's maybe not knowing all the circumstances here. Am I? Is is there something I'm missing? No, I just wanted to make sure that that we established that that's cheating. Okay, all right. <laughs> maybe, and maybe I'm asking the questions and and leading you down this rabbit hole, which I'm sure I'm doing. But well, <laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure because <laughs> as you were explaining it to me, I kept thinking like, well. I mean, the, the, the pitches are coming down so quickly. It, I, I, I didn't know if it really would give you an advantage to, to know that, hey, he's going to throw a slider instead of a curveball or something like that. Um, because part of the issue is you still don't know exactly where it's going to go down the plate. So while you might know right. that a fastball is coming, you don't know if it's going to be inside or outside or up top or low. Like you have no idea. And you still have to just keep your eye on the ball, which sounds to me like you got to go back to basics anyways, right? Keep your eye on the ball. That's what I was always told when I played in like elementary school. Sure. And that's absolutely true. Right. So I guess that was the reason for my asking is I didn't know if you've got to focus on all that and do that anyway, then I, I didn't, I didn't know if it really gave you that much of an advantage, but I, I guess it sounds like it does. Yeah. I mean, and that that's the, that's the idea is any advantage, uh, come upon by unethical means in this case explicitly laid out as electronic means right right so so the question then becomes where do we draw the line on cheating right because 
this was in 2017. And similarly, in, in 2017, the same ball club, the Houston Astros, were okay. accused of cheating in a different way. What they is did the same guy what, in charge over there? Like what? Yeah, <laughs> he is in, in part. Yeah, so okay. the organization has changed <laughs> has changed a little bit, but what what I think we're dealing with is systemic is a systemic issue. So let's just cover this base first, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stealing signs has been a part of the game for forever since the day they started playing baseball. Somebody is standing on second base trying to see past the pitcher and figure out what the sign is going to be and transmitting that however possible to the guy at the plate. It's always okay. been that way. That's just part of the game. And if you are sitting in the dugout and you can watch a pitcher tip his pitches and you can see, okay, when he holds it down by his belt, he's going to throw this kind of pitch. When he brings his glove up before he throws, he's going to throw this kind of pitch or he cocks his elbow just so, or he fritters his hand around just a little bit, right? There's a lot of things that you can do, and if you're a student of the game and if you're observant, more power to you. That's my opinion. Okay. I don't think sign stealing is unethical, but I think the means by which you do that is, uh, you know, up for debate. So, in 2017, the <laughs> the Houston Astros <laughs> were accused of, of cheating, because what they did was they would position a guy, happened to be the same guy multiple times, at home and sometimes away to look inside the opponent's dugout. Wait, wait, where where is he standing at home? You've got the ump, the catcher, and the batter. No, like at where... home. At home at home games oh, and at away oh, games. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm with you. That's okay. So they hired a guy, what presumably, to to look over the shoulder of the other team by literally looking inside the dugout during the game and then transmitting that information to his team, to the Houston Astros. And their argument after that was we were trying to make sure the other teams weren't cheating. That was our, that was why he was there. He's there to ensure them. Yeah. (laughs) What What a kind gesture. Isn't that, just, I mean, integrity and love of the game, right? Right, right. He just loves the game. We're just helping out the the whole structure here. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so they were accused of cheating, and one of the things that has happened subsequent to that is nothing. So nobody nobody did anything. No penalties, no fines, no no nothing. Nothing. Nothing's been made public. Nothing has been, you know, brought to light. MLB started an investigation. We're not exactly the fans, the everyday fans. We're not exactly sure what came of that kind of faded into the background. And the reason they said major league baseball said the reason they didn't, you know, bring it to light or cause an uproar is because it was during the playoffs. They said, Oh no, no, no. We want to preserve the playoffs. Let's preserve the, the integrity of the playoffs. They removed that man from the organization. He was no longer allowed into baseball games the rest of the season. Who knows since then? Anyway, so the accusations of cheating go all the way back to 2017 at least, right, for the same ball club. And now here we are, have four players come forward and say, this is what we did and this is how we did it. Why are they coming forward now? Are, they're not on the team anymore? They're not on the team anymore, yeah. And so they're like, well, we weren't part of this team. We're just going to we're gonna tell on them? Like, what? I, what's significant about now after this series? I have no idea. That's a great question, and like, I wonder Astros if anybody didn't else even win. Like maybe had the Astros they won, they could be like, "Oh, dude, look, they were cheating. 
But they sure. they didn't. I I don't quite understand. But I guess that's not really relevant. If they were actually cheating, they were cheating. I guess right. Yeah. But that's interesting to me that the the MLB would would instead of investigate a potential fraud case or a potential cheating case, not fraud. Um, instead, say, well, the playoffs are a little bit more important. We're just gonna we're just gonna kind of sweep that under the rug. Is is this a right. matter of like? Uh, severity of cheating like this one's more important or is it just because we're no longer in the playoffs and there's nothing going on that everyone's kind of bored and they're like well I guess we'll investigate this one well I think this one was made very very public as opposed to the other one yeah the other one was public but it was I think the reason it was less egregious and maybe severity like you said is really the reason here because there was not an electronic means used to enhance the other, to enhance the Astros' ability to play the game. I see. So, had they had some dude in center field with binoculars and a telephone? Well, I guess telephone—that's electronic. Never mind. I don't know. Okay, now that's interesting. You bring Smoke that signals. up. signals. Yeah. No, it's interesting you bring that up because in the recent past, I think it was 2016 or 17, the Dodgers. The L.A. Dodgers were accused of stealing signs by having a man in center field wearing a bright white shirt, big, loud, bright white shirt, use arm signals to convey exactly what he saw. <laughs> no. <laughs> How long did he get away with that? Some dude in the back I don't know. just doing these things. <laughs> He's out there doing the YMCA. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. Isn't that so, interesting though? So he's sent out there by the team, presumably, right? Like some manager somewhere. Right. I, I don't I don't know. Uh sends him out there, says, Hey, figure out some way to let us know. One, who's seeing this guy? Is it somebody in the dugout with binoculars being like, Okay guys, he's doing a Y. Somebody hit it three times so he knows a, a fastball's coming. Right. And and in that situation I don't exactly understand all the mechanics of yeah, how they seems, transmitted the signal. Bizarre. But that's what they did. <laughs> okay, well, here's another question of, of cheating. Go ahead. So, you've got somebody with a camera; they can see it probably real time. It's being relayed to somebody in the back. You, you said on yeah. a massage table. I, maybe I'm well that part. in the hallway leading from the dugout to the clubhouse. Okay, so this clubhouse somebody is back a locker there. room in baseball. Oh, okay, got you. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I appreciate you're, that. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I didn't know that, so that's good. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> So you have somebody in the clubhouse who's watching the video and then making noises so that the people in the dugout can then make another noise so that the batter can hear it. How much time usually before the pitcher accepts a call and he actually throws the ball? Because, again, having just recently watched the World Series, so now I'm, I'm a little bit more up to it on, on how that goes, it seems like a pretty quick turnaround. I mean, do you really have time to convey all of that sort of behind-the-scenes thing? Like... Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you definitely have time. And it depends on the pitcher. That's the thing is if if a guy has a pretty quick delivery, and some guys change up their delivery time. They change up the way they do it in order to influence the batter's perception and, and mess with him, right? Uh, yeah, head game. I got you. Kind of like icing out a kicker in football. Sure, sure. Calling a strategic timeout or something like that, right? It would be the same thing. So if you are normally at this pace – a guy can kind of set up on you and wait for it. And so if you mess with that, knowing you have tenths of a second to make a decision, you know. 
Yeah, I get that. I, but yes, to, to answer me... your to answer your question, yeah, there is time. Okay. It sounds like from you saying that stealing signs has been a part of the game since the beginning. Really, it's just come down to the Astros just got caught more recently doing it in a different <laughs> way, right? Because I can't imagine right. if you if if other teams are having YMCA guy in center field do his thing, then I can't imagine that there aren't a lot of other teams out there doing the same exact thing. They just maybe are doing a little bit more secretly or a little bit more wise about it. I I don't know. Yeah. So is that, I mean, how do you, you haven't really shared your thoughts on how, how do you feel about sign stealing in general? Like I said, if, if you're paying attention and it, or if the catcher got lazy and is showing you what they're going to do or tips their hand in some way, that is absolutely okay. You should steal those signs. That is an angle into the game, right? That's competitive edge. Mm-hmm. But And that's where the ethics come into it because I feel like anything that can be... So I read a great article about this uh, the other day, and this is the language I'll use as well. Um, if you in In law right police officers and uh you know and investigators are only able to look upon evidence that is out in the open without a warrant right unless they have a warrant sure and because people have an, a reasonable expectation of privacy is the analogy that I'll use um if you have you you do not have a reasonable expectation of privacy in some cases with baseball right if your fingers are down there then and your leg is blocking the the dugout's view of your fingers, then you may have a re, a case for reasonable expectation of privacy on your sure. signs, right? Sure. But if a guy is at second base on the opposing team and is glancing over the pitcher's shoulder, then that expectation goes toward an unreasonable level of of privacy. Right? You should be able to expect less privacy in that case, right? So yeah. So it's it's kind of a bad analogy, but it's the only one I have. So, <laughs> so essentially, the, you're saying, if I'm understanding you right, you're saying the signs are private in so much as they're not seen by anybody. If if the catcher is going to be smart enough to cover up his signs, then great, good for him because he's not tipping his hand. But if he's right. letting them out there, that's his own dumb fault, kind of thing. Absolutely, and as long as it can be ex- reasonably expected that anybody paying close enough attention could pick it up. Which you would su- assume they're doing, right? I mean, you're playing this team in a competitive sport. They're going to look for any advantage or any weakness, any you know, chink in your armor kind of thing. My issue comes in when they are using an unreasonable tool because it, the guy at second base winking at the batter is different when he sees a curveball called than the camera with, that's running 500 frames per second and signaling it to the television set in the in the you know the hallway between the dugout and the locker room. Right. Right. I guess my question I don't know maybe this is redundant or kind of a bad question but like I mean what what is to stop anybody in the dugout or back in the oh dang it what did you call the locker room? The clubhouse. The club <laughs> clubhouse, sorry. <laughs> anybody back in the clubhouse from just watching the normal TV screen? Like, is anybody policing that? Or, or the, like, I, I guess I don't quite understand. If they're going to go through all that trouble to set up a camera, to have this secret thing, why not just sneak a TV in there and watch the regular game? 
Right. You can see all the same signs. It's a great question because the law or the the law, (laughs) the rule specifically prohibits electronic enhancement. Well, yeah, but that's what they're doing anyway. Right. But they're breaking the rule. rule. Right. So I'm saying like they'd probably save some money on electronic equipment by just bringing (laughs) a TV in there. They're already going to have one anyway. You can't. So the umpires would police. Oh, so they, the television they do. set. They would know inside the dugout. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, but so, not in the state room. Right. So here's the thing. Here's the other thing. In 2018, so last year, the Red Sox were accused of of stealing signs and using an Apple Watch to do so. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's what's even more interesting is that their manager was on the 2017 Houston Astros team. No. Stop. Yes. Why? It, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I won't. I, I refuse to stop. <laughs> I think somebody's just got to look into the Astros. It seems like all these these scandals are tied back to the Astros somehow. Well, and they're not the only ones doing it, but it is oh, interesting. Know. It is interesting how much evidence points back to Houston having having a systemic problem. Which I know we did jump the shark a little bit at the beginning of the episode by stating, but still, I have more evidence to levy against them. So here's um. So so, what do you think of that? Do do you think that, I mean, well, let me back up. What this shows is that, A, other teams are doing it, How you know, whatever relationship they may or may not have with the Astros. Uh, and, B, um, <laughs> that, that Major League Baseball has yet to do something about it. That's the real, that's the real problem. Now, they rewrote the rule after 2017 to make it a little more explicit that electronic communication and electronic means of of enhancing the game is absolutely airtight illegal, but still people are doing it. Now, mm-hmm. let me ask you this, because the, the defenders of the Astros are saying, well, it's a competitive advantage. Well, why wouldn't you do everything in your power when it's literally your livelihood on the line? Well, okay, but at the same time, you could make that argument about anything then. Would they make the same argument about like illegal doping? I don't know if this is opening some other same. Pandora's box. That's exactly the same line we get with with steroids. That defenders of it are saying they're just they're just taking a uh, an advantage, and that's just what it is—competitive advantage. Yeah, and if you want to be as good as them, then you do it too. Huh. So their argument would just be, well, just let everyone do it, and then we're all back up at the same level. Or would we? Would we be? Because who's to say in the steroid argument that your tolerance for the substance is greater or equal to mine? Who's to say that it will enhance you to the same extent that it will enhance me? Who's to say that these electronic means are as accessible, cost, resources, awareness of what tools are available, etc., to every ball club or not, right? It's the same argument. Who... So nobody would have ever, maybe nobody had ever thought about putting a guy out in center field doing the YMCA in a special color T-shirt. You know, I don't know. Sure. But the teams that that didn't think about doing it that way would be at a distinct disadvantage, even though it would be allowed uh, under this this logic. Right. Yes. I I guess I struggle a little bit with it just because you already have inherent differences physiologically and mentally in the players themselves and and 
I mean, you you could make the argument that, hey, this training program that gets you to a point where you're going to be able to swing the, the bat better and hit the ball farther um, is available to everyone. But this one teammate didn't know about it and therefore he didn't get it. And maybe he could have done better at batting, but he didn't because he didn't know about this thing. I, I just feel like at that point you just go down a slippery slope, right? Because at, at any stage of this game, you're going to have people who are at different levels inherently, right? You're going to have sure. people who, who um, have different perspectives and different approaches. And some of them may work well, like one may work really well for me and it may not work at all for you. And so you'd have to think of something different. It's, I don't necessarily think that there's a team out there or an individual out there who'd be like, man, I figured this out and this has worked for me and now I'm hitting more home runs than anybody else out there. Um, let me share that with everybody. Yeah, uh, let me let me show you <laughs> this same thing because I want you to have that same success. And it seems like the argument to say you cannot do any of these things like like doping since we were talking about that because because it would therefore not be a fair thing. Like I couldn't get the same thing. I don't know. It maybe goes down that line. I guess this is slightly different just because you're talking physiological like chemistry stuff and and you're right to point out that I could take steroids and it might not get me to the point where I'd hit the ball better than you uh doing the steroids as well but I don't know I I I guess I don't know enough about all the different enhancement drugs out there maybe there are other options I could do instead of steroids that would get me there do you know what I mean but I I don't know I don't know if I've taken this way off of way off the no, rails no. here <laughs> no but it's I okay guess it's it that's that's kind of what I struggle with a little bit in that argument is I, I feel like there's already distinct disadvantages and disadvantages among the, the, the players themselves that I, I don't know if if the argument that if you let some if you let everyone dope, therefore, there's going to be even more disadvantages really holds for me. I, I don't know. How do, how do you feel about that? Uh, my question is, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? The distinct differences and disadvantages. Yeah, of course. Right. We're all well then well then we're all individual. Why not let people dope. If it's supposed because to be that different. would be an unfair enhancement. Hmm. So so say you're unethically or say you feel unethical about doping. Same okay. as if you felt unethical about sign stealing. Okay? Be the same sure. thing. Yeah. And you as an organization say we will not steal signs we won't do it organically we won't be paying that close of attention we won't be doing it electronically first of all we feel s terrible about it and second of all it's in the rule book that we're not allowed to do it anyway so we're just not gonna okay okay they're at a distinct disadvantage now let's say we open the rule book up and the rule book says now you can there's or there's maybe just no rule that says you can't now but then the only thing holding that club back is that they feel unethical about it and then they're gonna they're not gonna do it Right, you're still going to have those outliers, and they're going to be at a more severe disadvantage than they would have been had there been a strict rule in place. Well, in the scenario of there not being a rule, then that would just be them not taking advantage of something that's available to them. I mean, I guess I, it sounds like to me what you're saying is that everybody is different in terms of their physical capabilities, but if you're going to allow doping, then we should all be at least on the same playing field and still be different. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you, you shouldn't let players get away with doping because then that would give them even more of a difference between me and them. It's okay that we're all different, but we should at least be all different on the same level. Sure. So I, I guess my point would be that 
somebody who's doping versus somebody who's not just makes them different still. Mm. And we're maintaining that difference altogether. Now, I'm not arguing for doping. I'm not necessarily saying I stand by the idea on an ethical level that you should be doing these things. I just don't know that I fully understand, I guess, the argument that we shouldn't do it because of these distinct. Well, I, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I, it's difficult for me in one breath to say I don't I'm not behind it. But in the other breath to say I don't really understand the argument for it. Right. Because then you got to go back to integrity of the game, not personal integrity, not organizational right. integrity, but integrity of the game. And right. that's the next argument that we come to with sign stealing and via electronic means or any sort of electronically enhanced advantage. Okay. Right. Does it mess up? Does it tarnish the game? Well, okay, let's let's throw this hypothetical then. I guess maybe not even a hypothetical. Let's say that Houston was doing it during this current World Series. Right? They still lost. They still lost. So was it that big of a uh, of an advantage? And I, I guess that's the question, right? Is we we can talk about these hypothet the twenty seventeen t twenty seventeen team. Oh my gosh, I can't even speak. I'm sorry. The, okay, they man. won. <laughs> They won the World Series, and maybe you could make the argument that they would not have won if they weren't doing the sign stealing, but that's something that we'll never know, right? We also right. don't, do we know if they were doing it this World Series? We don't know yet. Yet. Well, even if it came out that they did, I guess this would be an instance against that argument. It would be, yeah, if that was the case. I guess I just don't know to what extent that would then... Um compel some sort of of action needing to be taken and i do find it really interesting that the mlb has never like done anything about it have they never like like find a team for doing this or I, I guess somebody got fired but that was probably the team's doing not the mlb's doing right yeah in the case of the astros it was the team's doing for sure what about the the, the dodgers who got caught with ymca guy i don't know i don't know what sort of penalties were were laid out i i I want to say I remember fines, but I don't know. See, because it almost sounds like to me, if they're not doing that, I, I mean, if they're not fining people, it sounds like it's something that all of these guys are like, yeah, this is totally fine, but hey, we got to like, we got to keep the integrity and, you know, hey, don't do it again kind of thing. But under the table, like, yeah, just figure out a different way to do it and not get caught. Right. Isn't that implicit acceptance, though? Doesn't that imply uh, <laughs> that it's okay? Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And I, I wonder if the MLB is really not doing anything. Maybe it's it's just because the fan base, people like you in this instance who are talking about the integrity of the game and, and find that to be kind of an, uh, uh, an unethical action on their part, whereas the owners are kind of like, yeah, you know, it's just how it is. Everybody's doing it. Well, you got caught publicly, so knock it off. And now we've got to launch some investigation. But and unfortunately for you this time, the playoffs aren't going. So, you know. We have to swing the hammer. Is that what you're saying? Got, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess we'll see what they do with it. But if they yeah. they just kind of swept it under the rug last time around, I, I just find that really peculiar. Like, why would you do that? Especially when you're coming at it from the position of the organization that's that's there to uphold the integrity of the game and make sure that it's ethical and that, there isn't no there there are not any like clear or distinct disadvantages to any team outside of you know the physical uh, abilities of the players themselves to do what they do 
Sure, and we could talk at length about Commissioner Rob Manfred and some of the things that he has done and has not done. We could also talk about distinct advantages and disadvantages between ball clubs. <laughs> well, right, but right. Because let's talk about money for a minute, but we won't. So that's for a different day. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, I'm going to give you some more information that I think people need to know about. Hey, babe, I'm headed to concessions. Do you want me to grab you something? Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting. Okay, I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that. Mm, no, that doesn't sound good. Okay, I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos. Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, But just get me anything. <sighs> what do you want? Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier. Okay, I can do that. Well, no. Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We are going to continue our Spygate conversation with Tim Jensen. I want to bring up a couple of things that I think are not only relevant, but also uh, potentially important. The Astros, this has been, has been reported over the last couple of seasons, but specifically it's all you know being refreshed and coming back to light. But one of the things that the Astros have been accused of doing is messing with the TrackMan system and intentionally calibrating it improperly. Now, Tim, just so you know, the TrackMan system is a little military-grade radar system that sits at the top of the stadium and looks down upon home plate and at least the pitcher's mound, if not more of the field, depending on how how good a system they're using but they have to calibrate it and what it does is it tracks velocity off the bat speed coming out of the pitcher's hand of the ball um, when he throws it you know it tracks spin rate it tracks all oh, all kinds of things right lots and lots bat speed lots of stuff okay okay and so what the astros have been accused of doing is systemically altering and and intentionally calibrating their systems improperly so that um, what what they're reporting and what people are seeing is maybe different than is what is actually happening. Now, the reason this is a problem, obviously you get Garrett Cole out there and he plays at Yankee Stadium and he plays at Minute Maid Park where Houston plays their home games. You can see the differences. It'll be like a built-in sort of check and balance, right? Okay. Well, our track, the TrackMan, the Yankees control versus the TrackMan system that is being controlled by Houston, they're going to clash if Houston's big league club is doing it in proper calculations, right? In okay. calibrations. Yeah. But that doesn't apply in the minor league system. So let's say we got a guy who's at AAA or at AA mm -hmm. and the home team is using their TrackMan system to evaluate their players and to say, hey, we got a guy who's throwing this fast. Or his spin rate is this fast. You know, spin, the ball comes out of his hand and spins at this rate. Um, or his bat speed is this fast. That kind of thing. And then they serve him up with those fraudulent numbers as a trade offering. A bargaining chip. Okay. And then the guy gets to the new club and he's not, his ball's not spinning as fast as it was. Or it's not, mm. you know, his bat speed's not quite as quick. Yeah. As they thought they were getting. Now that's something that, Houston is legit legitimately has been accused of doing. 
Okay. And I think that that's important for people to know, if nothing else. Don't you think? Yeah, I guess I, I struggle to understand to what end. If if they are doing that for their own players, it pads their stats while they're with Houston. But the second that they get traded off, or if Houston's getting somebody from a different team that's doing that, it seems like they're just shooting their own players in the foot. Like, why would the players want them to do this? That seems like it would be not beneficial at all for the players. Absolutely true, unless there's a, a redundant accuracy tracker <laughs> right? unless there's right. a second system out there who who you know that's tracking accurately yeah and, and, and they're sending out disparate reports with all the people who are who are watching the statistics of most of these games and are watching these games so closely wouldn't it take just a couple of games to recognize that hey when this dude's playing in all these other stadiums he's swinging at this but when he's at the astros he's always you know, a few seconds slower or a little bit slower on the, the velocity of the ball coming out. Like, that seems like something that somebody would pick up on pretty quickly, right? How, how is that not – why does it have to come out in some expose if, if people are tracking right. these statistics all the time? Well, and I think that the pitcher's speed is not in question. It's things – it's the minute stuff. It's spin rate is what is an example, right? It's, it's uh, bat speed. Those are the two examples that I saw, and those are those are d- like really in depth minutia details. So they really I, don't they? They only come up on scouting reports, more or less. Okay, so I guess then if they're using that equipment that's at the top, and it's tracking that information, are you saying then that somebody is getting that and then altering it once it's there, or are you saying that they are adjusting the equipment itself to track those things differently, but not the speed of the pitch differently? Does Correct. that make sense? Like yeah. how that that's yep. what they're doing? They're they're tampering yes. with the equipment itself. Yes. Okay. Because then the report that it spits out looks as authentic as it ought to look. I see. I got you. So that but you bring up a question that I didn't even think about. What does that mean for the players? Player confidence, player morale. Do the players know that this is a part of the system that they're coming up in? Do they know that and if they do Right, if they know they're a part of a system that is, you know, tweaking things to this extent and with this exact, like with with fraudulent intent, then right. what would that do to you as a person? Yeah, well, just your career, even. And I don't quite understand what the advantage would be to the ball club themselves, right? Because, you know, if if they're statistically reporting, or if they're reporting that that on average their batters are you know, hitting the ball with this sort of, of ball spin or, or the swing of the bat, but then the real one is less than that. Like, wh- what to what advantage do they have to inflate the numbers like that? Because their Well, record, and that's like I said earlier is trades. Right. It's all about bargaining chips and trades. Right. So they, they pick a guy who's doing that. He gets traded, goes to the new team, and the new team finds out that those were inflated numbers, that this guy's not as good as they thought, so they pay that guy less, or they they rotate him to maybe some bottom league if he's not what they thought. I don't know. Again, it just seems like the only person getting hurt there is the player. Well, the player and the, the club that he was sent to because of the investment in player development. Right, right. Yes, and the thing of, is, of course, the, the club. The, most clubs will say, well, we paid for this guy. Let's get him back to where he was. You know, I would imagine that some of the narratives that they would begin falling on would be things like, 
well, the transition's hard or the altitude's different or, you know, he had to move away from his family um, or, you know, any sort of sort of psychological or emotional distress. And they think, oh, it's okay. We'll just give him some time. He'll get right back up to where he was. Right, right. Yeah. I could see that happening. I guess from what you've told me, though, and what I've now learned about the Houston Astros, I just probably wouldn't want to trade with them. Right. And that's the thing. <laughs> Which well, is unfortunate, well, again, for the players and for the ball club, because, again, now now that they were getting good trade advantages, they're not anymore, at least, because people are going to start second question, or second guessing or questioning all of their their numbers coming out of the club. Right. Which brings me back to my original question of or not my original question, but what does this do to the integrity of the game? Because now you're not just messing with exactly the game play itself that day with a camera set up in center field, but now you're messing with people's careers. You're messing with right. people's livelihoods. You're messing right. with people's confidence. You're messing with the economy of baseball. I mean, on and on and on. The implications go yeah. so far. Yeah, you're right. That is valid. I mean, you, you do kind of have that butterfly effect, right? That's that's a valid point. I mean, when you first said that, my thought was, well, integrity of the game, I I interpreted to mean like the the f- actual playing of the game. But I, I think you make a good point in the player's mentality afterwards because maybe they believe those numbers, right? They don't know right. that the system's being rigged, and so they go to the new place and they're like, man, I'm just not getting it. I wonder what's going on. Maybe, you know, you're right. I think that's that's a valid point. That, that does seem to have pretty clear implications for everybody and anybody involved with those sorts of trades uh, from the ball clubs to the players themselves. And we have to, I have to make this caveat. Some of this is speculative, right? I'm just saying these are being revealed as, you know, some of these things are happening and then we we're tracking it down. Right. So I don't know that Joe Schmo was throwing 90-mile-an-hour fastball at such-and-such such spin rate, and then he moved to a team in Colorado Springs, and now he's throwing at 90-mile-an-hour fastball at a lower spin rate, and that, and now he'll never play baseball again. I don't know, it, but it's possible. Right, right. It's possible, and the, and the implications, you know, spread as far as we want our imaginations can go because this is people, you know. Right, right. So it's just – I think it's interesting – so, Tim, as as an outsider, as someone who's not an everyday watcher of the game, everyday fan, or even an everyday player for that matter, do you think that it's important to preserve the integrity of the game? Uh, I, I think that my first response would be a question in that how are you exactly defining the integrity of the game? Are you talking about making sure that the rules are set up in such a way that 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 everything's fair and everything's be able to play and people are able to just go out and comp- I I don't know how to wh- what do you mean by that? <laughs> no, you just laid it out right. It's fair across the board. Everybody is given every opportunity to be the best that they can be, and the rules are set in place. Uh, the rules are, the rules are in place so as to not allow an unfair advantage one way or the other to either team or specific player other than their personal capabilities, their their training that they've gotten, yeah. the coaching they've received, yeah. whatever. Well, then, yeah, I would say absolutely it's important to preserve the integrity of the game, even as somebody who isn't an avid base- baseball watcher who, uh, you know, I'm not going to tune into 
probably one or two of the what is it, 126 games in a in a regular season. 162, yeah. Oh, 162. I I flipped those. Um, when I watch baseball, it's usually in the playoffs, and usually it's a, a game or two here or there before the World Series when I do watch. But even then, um, just the fact that it is a great opportunity for athleticism and and sportsmanship, and it is a great opportunity for people to, you know. Get out there and play a really fun game. I mean, I played it. I enjoyed it. I I think from from those, for those reasons, I would argue, yeah, you shouldn't preserve the integrity of that game. Um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't argue that just because I don't really watch it that much that I don't really care what happens to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me pose you a different question. Okay, your daughter has recently decided that she really likes baseball. Yeah, she does. So let's say she moves up and she is going to be given an opportunity to play the game. But she is told that she can't unless she does X, Y, Z thing that violates her integrity. Okay. Or her moral compass. And the question is, would I let would I let her do that, or would I? Well, what would how, what would your feelings and be uh, around the game itself? Would it tarnish your opinion of baseball if that kind of thing took place? I think it and would. not only in not only on that team, but if you then realized it was systemic, I think it would. Yeah, if if I realized it was systemic and this was going on in all of baseball, I would have a difficult time continuing to support that that move for her. But I would do so from that position of a parent, right, where I don't want her to have to, you know, do things that are against her values or her morals, um, or at least stand up for those things. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't necessarily yeah. oppose her if she wanted to try to go out and advocate or, or change things from within or whatever. I don't know if that makes sense. But I, I think to answer your question, I would have a difficult time supporting the entire institution at that point. I, I think I would I would that would be a little bit distasteful for me and I would have difficulty staying as on board as I as I was previously. Here comes a leading question. All right. Um, so then you do think that preserving the integrity of the game is something that should be prioritized. Yeah. So from that perspective, I I want to make sure that the sport is taken care of for sure. I, I wouldn't just say because I don't I'm not that avid uh, a participant or watcher that that I don't care. Yeah. Now, let me maybe even the playing field a little bit. I'm an everyday baseball guy. You're not. But I'm also not a gambler, and you're not either. But right. there's a lot of money changing hands when it comes to baseball games. Like a lot. And people bet on every single tiny little thing. Everything. How many innings a pitcher will last. How many times... You can bet on anything. You can bet on how many times a guy will throw fastballs versus curveballs. By percentage. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. You. I mean, you can bet on everything. So if that's the case... And neither of us are betting in any degree, you know, on the game right, itself. Right. But we do recognize that there is even an outside economic influence. Right. Then do you think in that case, is it further, does it further justify maintaining the integrity of the game? Is Does the need grow for you? I don't have any sort of sympathy or allegiance to those who are just betting on the game. I wouldn't say that we should maintain integrity just so that the dude gets a proper paycheck on his bet. That's that would never be my approach to this argument. That's a great answer. <laughs> Is that what you meant? Like from that perspective? 
Yeah, and and, oh, no, and alternately, no. I mean, you don't care. Uh, I mean, a gamble's a gamble. You're going into it knowing you could win or lose, right? That's the whole point of gambling. I mean, that's that's the definition. Sure. Now, if if somebody who's gambling wants to say, well, this was unfair because that team was cheating and I probably would have won that money, uh, but that team cheated and so I didn't win that money, I mean, what what do you want to have happen? I mean, you, are we going to file a lawsuit? Do you want to go for damages because you gambled and and – you know the team cheated like i don't know maybe Could there's you? legal maybe there's legal recourse there i have no idea i really don't um and if there is but then now I, I guess go for it i, I guess if there's right? legal recourse then go for it but if there's not and then, see that's that's what i'm saying we have to ask these questions now right right that's my whole point is now we have to ask these questions we have to ask what happens to your your daughter right what what if this what does this do to her we have to ask what happens in vegas right we have to ask what happens to the guy who saved up his whole life to go to a World Series game? Pick that one because it's finally his team finally made it, and he found out they were cheating. Yeah, yeah, those are great questions, and and I think that that's definitely. I mean, that's that's a big problem <laughs> that touches a lot of <laughs> a lot of areas. Um, I, I I just it sounds to me that most teams are doing this and that the Astros are getting caught habitually, which means they got to find somebody else who's better at it or they just got to stop. <laughs> right. Like they, they got to change their, right? okay. their MO here because it's just not working for them. But at any rate, I mean, who's, who's to say that that world series bet that you did win wasn't because the other team that won was, was cheating. You know, are we going to, if, if we're going to go that route, then you just kind of open a can of worms, right? When you're looking at it retroactively. But I guess moving forward, I think that these are valuable discussions to have, but you have to have the MLB on board because it sounds like they're not doing anything about it other than opening investigations or just saying it's not the right time. But again, I I right. don't know if they're doing anything about it or not. I'm Yeah. Okay, so so let's let's take this. That's a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you next. Let's say Major League Baseball says, "All right, that's it. We just removed that rule, took it right out." Okay, it, the rule book doesn't say you can, but it it also no longer says that electronic means of enhancing your team's ability to perform or win the game or whatever you want to call it. It no longer says that that's illegal. Okay. What does that do to the game? I don't know. If it's a carte guess, blanche, implicit acceptance of such tactics. I guess it would have to come down to how many teams are already doing it and just haven't gotten caught, which we just don't know. Sure. And I think, totally. you, I think you'd find out pretty quickly, right? Because if most teams are actually abiding the rule and not doing it, and then it was repealed and teams were allowed to... to use whatever means necessary to to steal signs you'd find out pretty quickly who was doing it and who wasn't but at the same time going back to my my discussion or my argument on the side of doping is if everybody's doing it then everybody's being elevated to the same level of of doing that at least in so much as they're able to steal the signs maybe they're doing it differently or maybe one's good at it and the other one's not as effective at it um but it raises it raises the bar. It raises the level 
because everyone's able to do it. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm conveying that yeah. well enough. No, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just not quite sure I understand why it would... If, if it was open for everybody to do, I don't know that it would drastically change it. I guess, one, because we're dealing with a hypothetical and we don't know how many teams are doing it right now anyway, which it sounds like teams have been trying to do it for a while. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and if they are, then maybe nothing would change. Maybe nothing would change at all. It, it would just, that would be repealed and then everything would just go on as it was, except for they could be more blatant about it. So... I agree with you. I do think, though, that it would be the equivalent of an, an electronic arms race is what we would see. And that would irrevocably change things. So I read an article from Beyond the Box Score. Um, it's beyondtheboxscore.com, if you, those of you want to look it up. And Cheryl Ring, she's a litigation attorney and legal director at Open Community. She wrote this article. Um and she's in Chicago. She talked about, she also called it an arms race, which I really appreciated. She said, and there's articles written this year. She said that there's a number of things that you might see if the MLB repealed that clause, that rule. And a couple of them were, why not plant a microphone on the mound? Cause you have mound visits, you know, and they, the catcher comes up to talk to the pitcher to negotiate a strategy for the next at bat or the manager comes up or the pitching coach comes up and they talk to the pitcher about what they what they expect of them and what's coming and what their recommendations are why not put a mound or a microphone in the mound yeah that's an interesting right i think outside the box example that people haven't thought about if we do repeal the rule the other thing that she brought up which I think is really interesting is putting microphones in and maybe she didn't say this. Maybe I read this somewhere else, but why not put a microphone in the head, in the helmet of the batter? Yeah. Just relay it to, to assist. It, yeah. To relay the communication. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And that, that means well, they so tried that in, in the football case of, for a little bit. If you remember, yeah, they did. They put the helmets in the QB and when they try to figure out the opposing defense or stuff like that, they would, they would yell it out there or send it out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of a lot of different things that could change if they repeal the electronic surveillance clause, let's call it, from um from the rule book. And I just think that no matter how you shake it, it's a bad idea. So you see it as fundamentally changing the game. I think it's impossible that to avoid fundamental changes if you do allow this sort of rampant electronic surveillance okay but let's play it out for a minute let's just let's just okay lay a scenario here what is what does that look like for you what what fundamentally changes the in, in terms images I, I guess i mean in terms of actual gameplay actual swinging the bat base running catching the ball all yeah. that kind of stuff what what do you see i'll that give you a perfect changes? example i'll give you a perfect example okay. it gives the home team a distinct advantage just like a, an intelligence organization would would bug a hotel room they were going to conduct a meet in, right? Okay. It would be at the source's disadvantage in every way. Okay, and it would be the same way. What, so that, let's say they're putting cameras and audio recording equipment in the dugout of the opposing team. Let's say they're putting it, but the opposing team doesn't have the opportunity to do that. Let's say that they have cameras set up with strategic hyper-focus 
with high speed cameras in different areas of the okay, field I, to to monitor things. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So so you would see it as a completely one sided venture, right? Where the the away team would not be able to go into that stadium and use any of similar tactics. No, exactly. That's one problem. That's one problem, but it is a huge problem. Well, I mean, like, why not have another YMCA guy out there in the field just on the opposing team, right? Like, like, I, I see what you're saying, right? Because, because that, if you that's put a, still inefficient, right? As, if, uh, if, it, if you're comparing it to having a, a microphone in the dugout where they can hear all the discussions, you're right. Or a microphone on the mound, you're right. That that is a, a, a distinct disadvantage. Well, so maybe the MLB says you can put all these mics everywhere, but you just have to make them available to both dugouts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if we do that, <laughs> what's the point of why would you allow such things? Right. And in favor of disallowing such right. things. At that point it just becomes silly. You're right. So because then my, we're back to square that would one. Be my question. Right. right. If everybody So why the not same. keep it the same? Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That so, makes total sense. I I agree with you. It just seems that it seems that they're they're using more energy and more time to fight these things. And I think maybe that's part of the argument, right? For those who are defending what happened, they're saying, look, they're just using this advantage. The MLB saying, no, this is not allowed. You're talking about how this is going against the integrity of the game. It just seems like there's a lot going on and there's so much time and energy being spent on investigating these things and making sure people aren't doing it and policing it then maybe they should just install them and make them available to both coaches, and that's just it. It's it's over, and and there's no need to cheat anymore because you got the audio from the dugout. You got the audio from the, the home plate. I know this is probably a terrible idea. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like right now, at least as it stands, and I think every sport suffers from this at the moment, right? They're all trying to figure out how to cut back on these sorts of scandals because – that's yeah. that's just kind of what we do, right? In in these sporting events and, and other areas of life, but in this instance, we try to find any sort of advantage that we can, and unfortunately, sometimes Expl- those and exploit are, it. The, yeah, sometimes those means are illegal or against the the uh, the league rules, which I don't condone. I I don't yeah. think that that's okay. I guess I don't know if I conveyed that well enough. That I'm 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 not on the side of getting rid of these things or getting rid of the oversight in order to make sure that things are policed. I'm, I guess I'm just trying to convey that I'm, I struggle outside of the example you gave of the home field advantage and the, and the microphones on one side and the away team, not really having the same advantage outside of that. I don't know that there's really that much of a disadvantage. I just, you know, I, I, I struggle to not just say, well, why not just let everybody do it? And, and that way, you don't have to police it anymore. You know everyone's doing it, and everybody has a similar advantage. But I, you make a good point, and I think that changed my mind a little bit about the distinct advantage a home team would have. The MLB would so, then have to make sure the home team was not preventing the away team from having the same advantage, and you'd be back at square one anyway. Right. So let me give you one more thing to puzzle out with me mm-hmm. before I ask you my last question. Baseball is obsessed with its past. As much as it's obsessed with its future or looks forward to its future. I've and, that about baseball. And is it, we are obsessed yeah. with the past. Yeah. Everything is brought up to the same standards it's been brought up to for 
forever, right? So, and that that's that's the real question. When you if we're going to talk about the integrity of the game, we have to talk about Hall of Fame inductees. We have to talk about world records. We have to talk about things that have stood for a long, long time, and wonder: Do we need do we need an asterisk uh, if we're going to allow electronic surveillance? Let's say we open it up to everybody. We ensure that it's equal among both teams. Then what does that do to the memory? Uh, to let's say, what does that do to the to our memories that we're building right now of the ball players that we're idolizing and that are becoming heroes to our children? When the heroes we idolized and as we were kids never had any of that available, right? Yeah. They did it with raw talent. They did it with what we hope was integrity. We don't know. Obviously, right. they were probably trying to cheat back then too. But yeah. <laughs> you know, we hope, and and there's no evidence to support that they were cheating. What does that do? What does that do to baseball? What does that do to your re- relationship to the game or your relationships, your children's relationship to the game? I mean, and that's really important to me. Yeah, and I understand that. I totally, I, I get that perspective, and I think that that's a valuable and important question to ask, honestly. I guess just to play devil's advocate here, my only pushback would be I, you kind of have to deal with that anyway, right? I mean, you're you're having advancements in bat technology, right? That maybe you, you put one of these newer yeah. bats today in Hank Aaron's hands or Babe Ruth's hands, and they would have hit far more home runs than they ever did. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think yeah. technology inherently changes the game anyway. Now, to your point, though, allowing that sort of of systemic adaptation to take place, that that would be monumental, I think, on a different level than just technological development or advancement. I mean, that's that's kind of the question in every sport, right? Like people in basketball are like, oh, could LeBron James have really, you know, played in the same court as Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson? That, uh, you know, yeah. the game's just different. Things have changed. Uh, techniques sure. are different and all that. I, so on one level, I would say we deal with that anyway. But if we're bringing it back to the realm of the sort of ethical and the cheating level, then I think that that's a very valid point and and an important question to ask. And one that should, I think, guide those who are making the decisions on on what is and what is not allowed within the sport today. I agree. Dilly dilly. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I love that you said it should guide. That perspective should at least be at the forefront of the minds of those making the decision moving forward. I think that is absolutely true. Right. And to hear it come from you, an outside perspective, makes it even better. Well, thank you. Yeah, you hope it would. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So my last question to you, before we wrap it up, I want to know, do you think or... Do you think a punishment is in order? And if so, how would you penalize teams who are discovered as having absolutely cheated? Well, whether it benefited them in tangible ways or not. Right. I mean, first and foremost, nobody's ever going to take you seriously as an institution if you're not going to enforce the rules. Right. I mean, if if the MLB is not going to do anything about these 
blatant instances of cheating, then then why would I not do that as as any manager or whatever outside of you know I'm I'm feeling very very ethical today and I don't want to I don't want to ruin the integrity of the sport, right? But if you know that you can steal signs by any means necessary mm. and the MLB is just going to publicly denounce you but not going to fine you, they're not going to make you fire anybody, none of that's going to happen, then you're just going to have a ton of people who are doing it. So I think absolutely there should be a punishment if you want to maintain that level of integrity. And if those people who are making the decisions do exactly what we just got done talking about, you know, hold in mind that sort of legacy of baseball – um, then they have to. There, there has to be a punishment. I don't know historically, uh, not being an avid baseball person myself, I don't know if there have been punishments in the past or what they look like. Um, you know, I, I know that record is a big deal for people. And I was, when, when you asked that question, I thought um, recently there was kind of a scandal with uh, in, in college basketball at, the, at uh, Brigham Young University in Utah where they had a, a player who was apparently receiving a lot of, I don't, I don't, I guess bribes is the word, but maybe not quite bribes. I mean, he was getting all sorts of special treatments and accepting these things and playing at the same time. And so the league decided that they would absolve BYU of the wins that they had while he was playing on their team, which changed their record. I mean, this went back like three or four years that the kid was playing on their team. And so their record for the mm. last three or four years has been changed completely. And that seems like a pretty severe punishment. And maybe it was a little too much, but I think it would kind of deter cheating in the future, right? If you're, you know, let's say that it, it comes yeah. out after this that the that the Nats were cheating during the World Series. I mean, strip them of their title. That's That's obviously a really, really big deal. And if that sort of thing happens, that I think would deter people from from it would make them think twice or at least you know come up with far more sophisticated ways which i hope they don't do but you know what i mean i don't know yeah if that makes i see sense. yeah so you think that a that you think that an appropriate punishment would be to strip the astros of their 2017 world series title i mean i guess it it comes down to how serious the crime is Right. I mean, I that, that was your original question. Right. Like, let's talk the ethics of this thing. Um, and from an outside perspective, the way you presented it and the way that you talked about the sort of butterfly effect of of what they were doing, it seems like it's a pretty serious infraction. Right. Th this is a serious thing that they did. Um, and if that's what led them to win, the I think series, that's how the fans see it. Do you what do you mean by that? Expand on that a little bit. Well, you said the butterfly effect and and sort of the implications, and I said I I was merely providing the perspective of what I think is the general fan base. Right. So, but by that, do you mean like you don't think that the teams or the MLB sees it in in the same light? I mean, because I I guess I just asked because you said I think the fans feel that way, and I didn't know if you were just singling out just the fans are feeling that way. Does that make sense? Am I making sense there? No. I mean, there's always been a huge. Yeah, there's always been a huge disconnect between the fans, what we want, what how we feel, and the the owners, the players' association, Major League Baseball themselves, right itself. Oh, however, you want to say that. There's always been an enormous disconnect. I didn't realize that. 
I got you. I, I yeah. see what you mean there and by that's, saying the fans. Yeah, I didn't bring that up on purpose because I wanted to get your perspective, you know, irre- irrespective right. of that. Right, yeah, I, I didn't realize that was the case. And that makes it even more interesting because in that case, it sounds like there are going to be a lot more discussions like this over the years without anything really, really changing. Because unless the, like, from my perspective, it seems like unless the MLB gets on board and decides that they really are going to police that and preserve that sort of integrity that it's just going to keep happening. And so from my perspective, I think if you really want to send a message, if you know that they were cheating and they won as a result, then yeah, I would say strip their title, take away that world series from them. I mean, I don't know what you do with it at that point. I I don't know if you'd say uh, de facto, you give it to the other team. And that might be kind of harsh, right? Maybe that's a a harsh out-the-gate thing, um, and it would have to be determined how severe or how problematic that that cheating was. So so maybe stripping their title is is a little too severe, but from my perspective as it is right now, that seems like it would get the message across pretty clearly, especially with the Astros, man. Like, geez. Sounds like they need like somebody yeah. watching them the whole time, all, all the time, just to make sure things are kosher <laughs> over there. Hey, yeah. So I want to just give you an example of Major League Baseball's historical, I mean, maybe their two most famous historical scandals, okay, um, and the punishments that were levied in those yeah. cases. Yeah, I'm really interested. All right, so the first was the 1919 Chicago White Sox scandal, which is widely known as the Black Sox scandal. Um, there were eight players on the team who were intentionally, who intentionally threw the World Series. Right? They they played poorly on purpose and they lost it in oh. order to reap financial gain. Ah, we're back to gambling. Yeah, that's back to gambling. So I know we're not talking about betting with the Houston Astros, but Major League Baseball banned all of those eight men from baseball permanently. Whoa. Okay. For their for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Wow, that's a message. Yeah. The 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 next most famous scandal is is the 1989 banning from baseball of Pete Rose. Now Pete Rose was banned for baseball for betting on his own games as well, but he bet his team would win. And he didn't hedge one way or the other. He didn't play poorly on purpose like he did in the 1919 case, but you know, he bet that his team would win, went out and played his butt off. And it was discovered, and then he was banned from baseball for life. Oh, really? Yep. How do you feel about that? I'm really curious because my my gut reaction is that seems weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a different story for a different conversation. Okay. We we right. could spend an hour talking about that, gotcha. but gotcha. just just so you have some rip frames of reference, um, yeah, there you go. Well, then it sounds now, like since. If you want the MLB to to move, you just have to indicate that they were gambling somehow, and then they'll they'll just ban the Astros. <laughs> That's right. They'll ban the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry for all you Astros fans out there. I don't know yeah, why I sorry, always guys. bring about my co-hosts, you know, eager desire to offend everyone, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So <laughs> anyway, no, it's it's just really interesting the um that Major League Baseball has been somewhat lenient since then 
on these types of play-specific scandals. We talk about the steroid era and how people accused of, you know, doping and things like that during that period of time were were never they're not allowed in the Hall of Fame. Oh, right, okay. but that's because the Baseball Writers Association of America um, have, in part, taken part in deciding that that's not acceptable as well because they're the one that vote. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really interesting. Um, none of them have been banned from baseball for doping, and you know, Sammy Sosa corked his bat during the during his home run race in the nineties, and he wasn't banned from baseball or anything. So it's. I think that there's a there's a line in the sand somewhere. I think none of us are really aware of where Major League Baseball is drawing that line and has, you know, over centuries almost and, and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. but we're we're all really interested to see what's going to happen here. Um, I th- I think it's fascinating that you think they should throw the book at them, and uh, and from an outside perspective with no dog in the fight, I think that's really interesting. So. Anyway, uh, everybody, give us your comments. We want to hear. So jump on the Facebook group. You can get there by searching for 9 Plus Us on Facebook. That's the number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S on Facebook. You go to groups, and you'll find the 9 Plus Us VIP page. Go ahead and send us an invitation request, and we'll let you in. We love new members, and you will you can formally join our extended baseball family. Don't forget to jump on the shop as well. It's shop.9plusus.com. We have something for everyone, 4X t-shirts all the way down to onesies, um, lots of ki- cute baseball stuff for the kids and lots of really uh, interesting, subtle stuff for the adults. And then don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Make sure you get that in. It really helps us kind of uh, you know, feel good about ourselves. And you know, <laughs> even more than that, we get um, you know, gets ratings boosts and stuff like that. And it really allows us to keep this going. So if you like what we do here, Go ahead and do that, and we can keep bringing you great great conversations about baseball. So, baseball family, thanks to Tim for joining us, and we will catch you next week. Mm-hmm.